Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ and the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday Gospels and ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' time, the Jewish religious leaders taught a complex system of rules for the faith that people struggled to follow. There were 613 rules, called mitzvot, which described how the Jewish people should live their lives. Very few people actually knew all 613, and there were arguments about which were more important and which were less important. Now, this is the backdrop behind the question that came from the Pharisees in today's gospel when they said, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? They were no doubt looking to trip him up, because no matter what he would say, they could argue that he was wrong based on someone else's opinion about which was the most important. But Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, saw the trap and moved past it with ease. He answered them at a much higher level than they were expecting. Instead of picking one of the 613 to be the greatest, he summarized the Ten Commandments in a very simplistic way. He said that the greatest was to love God, which summarizes the first three commandments, and that the second was to love your neighbor as yourself, which summarizes the next seven commandments. This was an incredibly wise way for Jesus to respond, because he knew the duplicity in their question and spoke instead to what really matters. And Jesus didn't just say this to them. No, he demonstrated it as well. Ask yourself, where are these two commandments made most visible? Where does love of God and love of neighbor reach its pinnacle? On the cross. Jesus went to the cross out of love for his Father, who wanted him to give up his very life for our salvation. And there, because of his great love for us, he bore our sins so that we could be forgiven. He went to the cross because of his love for God and his love of his neighbor. There's no greater sacrifice, and there's no greater example of the two greatest commandments which he speaks about in today's gospel. The approach that Jesus uses here in today's gospel is one that we can all learn from. He didn't engage directly in the question he was asked, but rather spoke to the premise that drove the question being asked in the first place. He knew full well that the 613 rules were overly complicated, so why even bother arguing over which of them is the greatest? Instead, he focused on keeping the discussion where it was most beneficial. In fact, he did the very same thing in last week's gospel when he was asked about whether it was lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not. He didn't answer that question directly either, but rather he went to the need to give to God what belongs to God. What Jesus shows us in these examples, and others like them, is that sometimes we need to pull out of the minutiae and look at the situation from a much higher level. From that vantage point, we see things in a different light, and more importantly, we can help others see things in a different light. Jesus alluded to the need for this kind of creativity when he told his apostles, I'm sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents 
and simple as doves. How blessed our world would be if everyone had such wisdom and insight. Far too often we find ourselves arguing over details that are tangential to the real issues we face, rather than cutting to the chase about what's truly at stake. Our world is full of fiercely debated issues which are just like those that Jesus rose above. It's not that they aren't real issues, they're very real. But as people of faith, we Christians need to try to rise above the issues as they're presented and speak to the real points that need to be discussed. For example, consider the boycotts of Bud Light and Target. Without question, battle lines have been drawn on these two issues, and they're very real issues. I myself have strong feelings about what these companies have done, and I'm sure that many of you do as well. So people will joyfully pounce on other people and ask, Are you going to buy their products? Whether the answer is yes or no, someone's ready to argue. We see social media jumping on these boycotts both for and against with anger and ferocity. But the boycott isn't really what needs to be discussed, is it? It'd be far more beneficial to speak about what drove the boycott rather than the boycott itself. I can imagine a scenario where someone would put the question to Jesus, Are you going to boycott or buy their stuff? What's the answer, Jesus? And I can imagine Jesus saying something along these lines. Let me first ask you a question. Is it the role of corporations to weigh in on social and moral issues, or is it the role of the church to do this? You'll notice that oftentimes, when Jesus answered difficult questions like those of the past few weeks' Gospels, he didn't really take a stand. Why? Because he came to bring salvation, and he wasn't going to be pulled off course. The issues being raised were inconsequential to the salvation of souls, so why even bother to address them? He went instead right to the things that matter. When he did, he challenged people to rethink the questions being asked, considering first and foremost their own salvation. This is something that we Christians in the workplace need to consider. The secular world is angry and ready to argue with us, but we can't allow ourselves to be sucked into arguments that don't further the cause. Remember this. There's no value in wrestling with a pig in the mud. After a while, you realize that you're muddy and tired, and the pig kind of likes it. UTG at Work hosted a wonderful healthcare leadership roundtable this past week where we heard some advice along these lines from someone who was treated shamefully by the secular world but rose above it. Our speaker was Dr. Christian Collier, an associate professor in the University of Michigan Medical School. Dr. Collier was asked to give the opening address to the U of M med students at the White Coat Ceremony last summer. Because she's pro-life, many of the students signed a petition asking the university to remove her as a speaker. Mind you, her talk had nothing to do with life issues, so abortion wasn't going to be discussed. Rather, these people simply wanted her silenced because she was pro-life. When she decided to move forward and give the address, the students planned to protest. Dr. Collier was forced to be assigned a bodyguard for her talk. During her talk, a number of students walked out in protest. It was a shameful display of intolerance and arrogance on the part of the students, and it unfortunately received national coverage. In fact, if you Google Dr. Collier, you'll find multiple stories about this event rather than about her many accomplishments and her well-researched pro-life views. After the event, Dr. Collier was bombarded by calls from the media, but she refused to answer any of them. Why? Because the media is all about providing falsely leading information which piques people's attention and tries to draw them into a hostile response. These are my words, not hers. But it's a sad reality that journalism today is largely reduced to sensationalism rather than the proper coverage of current events. Dr. Collier chose to keep on doing her wonderful work, both at the University of Michigan and in her pro-life articles and speeches to the medical community, rather than giving any of her precious time to the muckrakers in the media.
Like Jesus, she didn't get caught up in tangential issues, but instead kept her focus on what really matters. Dr. Collier refused to wrestle with the pig in the mud, again, my words, not hers, and it proved to be a good move. The media had no choice but to look up what she actually said and wrote in order to talk about her, and it was all very positive. So stories about her often presented her in a much more positive light than would have ever happened had she decided to respond to the media and defend herself. She's a great example of someone who rose above the vitriol of the secular world to continue doing great work for the kingdom. Now, I realize that not all of us will have experiences as significant and highly publicized as those of Dr. Collier, but the principle is the same. We who are Christians in an ever-increasingly secular world must be shrewd as serpents and simple as doves because we are indeed sheep in the midst of wolves. If we choose to wrestle with the pig in the mud, eventually the pig will prevail. We can't let that happen. We need to rise above the questions being asked and see the problems of our time from a higher level. This is something that we learn from Jesus himself, and we are all blessed to have his example to learn from and to emulate. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.